are digital nomads. We work anywhere. We're not limited by location. We're not limited by self-belief. We are works in progress. I'm Beck Power, and this is the Nomad Me Podcast. Good morning, guys. Today, I'm interviewing Sarah Williams. Sarah is ridiculously amazing. She does tough girl challenges. She interviews uh, girls who've done amazing things in life. She's hiked 2,190 miles of the Appalachian Trail in 100 days. She ran six marathons in six days in the Sahara friggin' desert. Uh, we're talking about how she grew her business. Uh, we're talking about the adventures that she has. We talk about Patreon, a lot of stuff. Let's do this. All right. Welcome, Sarah Williams. Good to have you. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. This is the honor is like all mine today. This is a real privilege. Um, I have seen what you're up to and I love it. We're going to learn all about it right now. If you're listening to this, um, just get it, just get silently excited on your own through the car. If you're in through the bathroom, wherever you are, like just feel the excitement because things are about to get cool. Um, Sarah, can you introduce yourself? Tell us what you're up to, how you make money, what your, what your deal is. Yep, what my deal is. Oh, I love this. Mm. I actually end up doing so many different things, but mm-hmm. I suppose in patterns, I have this incredible website called toughgirlchallenges.com, which is, I call it sort of my baby. It has got everything on there. It's got my blog. It's got my podcast. It's got my books. I, I, I could possibly say that I'm an adventurer, but I do that sort of in quotes because I go off and do these um what other people would say are quite crazy challenges from running the marathon de Saves, which is running six marathons in six days across the Sahara desert most recently i was over in america through hiking the appalachian trail so walking 2190 miles in 100 days while vlogging it and sharing my journey so basically i suppose i'm all about motivating inspiring women and girls to get out there to live life to their fullest to travel to explore and as well as talking the talk i also need to walk the walk which is why i do these quite crazy and adventurous things i'm so excited like i could not be more excited this is so fun i love this stuff um okay where do we even start let's see how did you what was your first thing that you did and how did you get started well i suppose i need to basically give you a little bit of context a little bit of background and i suppose this my story is i got to 32 33 i was living down in london i was working in a corporate job i was working in banking and I was tired, I was ill, and I was like, this cannot be my life. And I'm sure many people have these, these moments in their life where they look up and think, I've actually spent more time planning my holiday than my actual life. So I ended up leaving my job. I had a crazy couple of years, went backpacking around South America, went and climbed Kilimanjaro, spent time in Australia. I was swimming with dolphins over in, um, in the Bahamas and driving down to the Florida Keys. So I also ended up doing like a ski season, amazing time, but I wasn't actually making any money I didn't have any purpose I was just traveling but obviously life can't really continue like that forever so um as well as in South America I thought well, what are my passions what are my interests what do I want to do how do I want to spend my time and I realized that actually I was really passionate about motivating inspiring other women and girls but also I wanted to travel I wanted to have adventures I want to do these big physical challenges I wanted people to be inspired to go out there and do their own thing and that's how sort of Tough Girl Challenges came together about, about three and a half years ago now. And it definitely, it definitely hasn't been plain sailing. There's been lots of ups and downs. You know, I started initially with the blog. No one read my blog. I then started um, uh, giving motivational talks, but, which, which were great. But I feel it, I felt as though it wasn't having this, this impact. 
then I started with the podcast and that's when things really started to to take off for me and now I've done over 150 interviews I'm listened to in 174 countries around the world um we've had over half a million downloads I've just been all the stuff called podcast has been nominated for the media initiative of the, of the year award for the women's sports trust so it's it's quite exciting time at the moment but there's still as you probably know when you work for yourself lots of high points lots of low points mm-hmm. so I think that in a nutshell tells you hopefully a little bit more I love I love it I'm going to say that too many times I've already said it too many times um but that sounds amazing let's uh, let's talk about the the blog part. When you started up the blog, how long did you work on that blog before you were like, geez, I need to take another angle or try to monetize this a different way? About six months, to be honest. And I treated the blog as in a full-time blog, mm-hmm. you know, writing sometimes like almost like every day. And I was, um, I'd done a massive change in like my fitness and my diet and, you know, going to the gym and everything. And I was blogging about that which is possibly why no one was reading about it. But it's also, I think, I think with blogging, there's like, um, you know, there's, there's 152 million blogs out there and you've got to be consistent. You've got to be putting out content all the time. But also I didn't really have any social media exposure. So I was growing all my social media channels at the first time. Mm. And I think I just realized that I just wasn't getting enough traction or having enough impact. And it wasn't going in the direction that I wanted it to go in. Mm. And I think, just assumed it would be a lot easier that I would start you know writing about about my life and what I was doing and people just like oh my god this is so fascinating I've got to I've got to find out more and you know fortunately it doesn't actually work like that Uh, so I think that was my first um I mean I still I still blog now but it's more like it's like my podcast show notes it's uh, it's what I've learned from speaking with the with these women and occasionally there'll be more of a personal post Mm. but now it's sort of more linked into the podcast than anything else Cool. So you moved that into, um, was that into the vlog or into motivational speaking? Which one of those came first? Motivational speaking. So I then thought, well, can I, can I get my story out there in a different way? Let's start going out to schools. And I decided to go and give like a hundred free talks. And I was going out and I was talking about my different challenges and adventures. And I'd be hearing these young girls and, uh, you know, when I talked to them, what are their ambitions for the future? And over in the UK, we have something called a WAG, which is, you know, the wife and girlfriend of like a footballer. And I just thought, oh, my God, these girls are growing up. And especially in social media, it's all about, you know, how attractive you are and taking the perfect selfie. Mm -hmm. And I was so, so disheartened. I thought, how can this be our future generation of young women growing up and not having these bigger dreams? And I started thinking, hold on, but where are all the role models? Where are all the female adventurers? Where are all the athletes? Where where are all the women? I think I was just like flipping, flipping through a newspaper and there was just no women at all. And I thought, you know, I'd like to think that I'm educated. I'm in my 30s. I read a lot. But even I, you know, I, I, I don't know who these women are. And as I started to get more into the adventuring world, I suddenly found out that these women who climbed Mount Everest had run around countries, had run through countries, had swam the English Channel, had taken on these huge physical challenges and done amazing things. I'd never heard of them. I thought, how can I get their stories out there and heard to a larger audience and I'm I am not technical at all and computers you know it's just it's just not really my bag I mean but I have figured it out as I've gone along I had a very supportive friend who said Sarah you need to start a podcast and I was just like oh podcasting it's so technical and <laughs> what, what what even is podcasting I ended up having um a week's holiday and I started listening to podcasts and got absolutely obsessed you know hearing 
the people talk and the passion in their voices when they were sharing their stories and um, you know, it, it got emotional and I felt I was just being drawn in and I would remember you know these little tips and these pieces of advice and thought this is how I want to share my story and then I looked at myself personally and thought well what do you prefer doing do you prefer writing or do you prefer talking I was like talking love talking let's <laughs> let's do that let's do the podcasting and you know that's just sort of it evolved once I started that which was in August 2015 so you know quite quite a few years ago now yeah so and then which where was the vlog in that so the vlog was for the Appalachian Trail okay. so uh, when I headed out when I headed out into um uh, over to America I think a lot of people they get these images about challenges or people's lifestyle and it can come across as very glamorous and very perfect and just amazing and it's always those comments oh it's okay for her or, you know, oh, well, she's just doing X, Y, and Z. And I really wanted to show people, look, this, um, it's not all sunshine and roses. Yes, it can be an amazing experience and it will be wonderful, incredible. But actually there are difficult points and it's those difficult points I wanted to focus in on because so many people quit or stop before they even start because they never get to see how hard it can actually be. Mm-hmm. Whereas on my vlog, you get to see, you get to see it all on the Appalachian Trail from, you know, me falling over, being alone by myself, twisting my ankle. People get to see my weight loss as I go through because I ended up dropping about, about two stone in weight. People could see when I was, you know, really ill, really struggling and getting really emotional. And I think it was a bit of an eye-opener. They were like, oh, it's not just a nice, gentle walk in the woods. This is a <laughs> full-on, like, physical, mental and emotional challenge. And I think sometimes it puts into context for people because normally you just see the end of an adventure oh well she's just rode across an ocean or she's just found the English channel but nobody gets to see the the proper behind the scenes so you know I think that was very empowering for me to be able to share with you know with other women and men out there and be like actually this is what it was like um yeah yeah it's um we'll grab the link is that vlog still is it up on YouTube like- yeah it's, it's, it's yeah it's all up on YouTube vlog 97 if you want to see some real emotional tears that's a bit of a highlight <laughs> I love that so much yeah, I'm, de- I'm definitely gonna be checking it out you guys are listening on the show notes we will have the links to all the stuff that we talk about in this episode at digitalnomad.me um okay we've got the vlog are you still vlogging at all or that was just that one trip that was just that one trip. It's something that I'd love to get into and do more. But if you've never tried vlogging, editing is just, it's <laughs> a, I mean, even with podcast editing, and I, I mean, it just takes so much time. I mean, there's so many things that I want to do. You really, I mean, I should have the blog, I should have the podcast and I should be doing the vlogging as well. I need to be hitting it from all three, mm-hmm. all three angles, but it is just that time and balance. So I, I do like occasional videos, you know, advice videos or you know, talk about like the London marathon or what I took or what my equipment was, but yeah. not really daily vlogging anymore. Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Vlogging something about to get started in myself. And, uh, that's, that's what I was asking. Um, well, going back to when you were like thinking about doing these talks, um, what about the talks? Did you reach a hundred talks or was that just a arbitrary it was an arbitrary number, but it was also a number for me, for me to grow my confidence about what I was delivering. Yeah. And so I wanted to go out and just feel really comfortable. And, and I, I used to get, you know, amazing, I still do, but like really amazing feedback. Mm-hmm. But it also got to the point where I was suddenly realized, hold on, I was spending a lot of my time traveling, a lot of my time giving, you know, giving talks. I need to be paid for this. 
And it, it was, and that was quite an interesting experience when suddenly it was like, actually, no, I now feel comfortable and confident in what I'm delivering and what I'm doing. I need to be able to ask for money. Um, and I think that was like, you know, quite a big turning point because I think a lot of people, I mean, I remember going to go to one talk and the, and the guy after was, oh, that was fabulous. You know, we'd love you to get you to come back on a regular basis. And it was for like a charity. And we'd love to get you to come back on, on a regular basis. And you know, obviously we pay you. My first response was, Oh no! I, I couldn't possibly, you know. <laughs> you're just like, why am I? Why am I saying that? So, um, I mean, but it's it's always good to go out and you know to to share your story and to encourage other people because all you need to do is just connect with that one person or those two people who mm-hmm. get it, who understand the message, and you know, you know, like in a couple of years' time, because I still remember talks that I had when I was, you know, when I listened when I was sixteen, seventeen, and thought I remember that woman coming to us and talking to us about Kilimanjaro. And I think that would just be the most amazing thing in a couple of years' time when people come back to you and say, yeah, I heard your talk. I ended up going and running the London Marathon. I ended up going to climb that mountain. And I did go off to university or I did do X, Y, and Z or, or whatever it may be. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very exciting thing, to be, I think, to be able to share your story. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, well, uh, let's maybe move on to the Patreon part, which is, you know, um, partially, mostly financing um, your podcast and these creative uh, tough girl endeavors right now. How did you get started with Patreon and how, just from like a, I don't know, like a, a business and entrepreneur standpoint, how did you get that started and profitable? Yeah, so I think, um, like, like I said before, I think people had this view of my life and how I was living it. And it was coming across as very, very sort of glamorous, you know, going to the gym and training for, you know, for these big events. And, you know, I had family in Australia. So I was over in Australia for three months before Marathon de Sartes. And I basically ended up writing a very, very honest blog post. And I think it was um, December 2016 saying, how do I afford to blog and podcast? And I had to be really open and honest and say, guys, at the moment, I'm, you know, I'm 36 years old. I'm living with my parents. I'm not making any money from my blog, from my podcast. I'm actually going into debt to put out, you know, all of this content, you know, website hosting fees, podcast hosting fees, you know, social media stuff. Um, and actually, I really need your, your help and your support. And I'd heard, I'd heard about Patreon and thought, you know, oh, this would be amazing. And I don't know if people know, know the premise of how it works, but individuals can donate $2, $5, you know, any, any sort of amount on a monthly basis to help support creators. But I basically, I didn't want to do, I didn't have the time to do any extra work. So all of my levels were pretty much more just on, um, you know, good karma for $2, $5, you'll get my name on a website, ten dollars uh you'll get like a couple of retweets fifteen dollars you'll get mentioned on the podcast so it wasn't really creating a huge amount of work the issue the interesting thing with patreon is that you can't grow your audience on patreon you have to bring your audience over and by that point i had a closed facebook group with around you know 1600 members my facebook pages were all growing my social media was all growing and to be honest it started off my first goal was to get $9 a month to pay for my like orthotic or whatever. And the first month I got like $9. I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I know lots of people will be thinking it's, it's $9 Sarah monthly. It's not really going to make any difference, but actually it did. And it started too. And then the next month it went up to $30. And I was like, Oh, brilliant. I can now pay for like my website hosting you know, monthly. And then, Oh, $40, $50. And it started to grow very, very, very slowly. And, uh, in, you know, so about five or six months later, I actually realized this is the first time I'm not going into debt anymore, but it has been, it's been a very, very slow burn. I'm now up to, I have like 176 individuals who contribute between $2 a month and $25 a month. 
um, which gives me around around uh, seven seven $750 every month, which unfortunately due to the exchange rate is getting less and less in, um, in sterling terms. But that's about you know, 500 pounds a month that I'm getting. And it's actually allowed me to, I get invited to say lots of events down in London, but I've always had to say no because I can't afford the travel. I can't afford the accommodation. I can't afford, you know, to, to pay for my food when I'm down there. And now I can start saying yes to these other opportunities because I know that I've got this regular form of income coming in. It's not to say it's all like I said previously, like sunshine and raises, um, rainbows, because occasionally you'll lose a patron who may have been like a big supporter and you'll lose like $20 in a month. And your first thought is like, what have I done? Like, what have I done wrong? Why have they stopped supporting me? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very much, I suppose, getting, getting a balance and just realizing that as long as you put the work in there that people will support you and hopefully they'll value your content. I mean, all my content is still free apart from my closed Facebook group, but Patreon is now allowing, it's giving me more opportunities. And, and that's the main thing. And I think, well, if I can get $10, why can't I get $100? And I get $100 a month, why can't I get $1,000 a month? So, yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Thanks for, um, thanks for explaining that. It's interesting to know how Patreon works. If you're listening to this and you still don't really understand how Patreon works, maybe listen to this again. Or um, <laughs> we'll, we'll put the link in the show notes as well so you can check it out. Um, Patreon is a really cool tool for creators, like you said. Um, let's move into the quickfire round, if you're ready ready (laughs) all right um i've got a few a few questions here let's say let's see what has been your favorite adventure so far that you've taken the appalachian trail just an incredible experience 100 days out in the wilderness walking through 14 states 2190 miles started in georgia ending in may incredible wow do you meet do you meet a lot of people on the way i watched the movie that movie but uh that was so that was with um uh, cheryl straight who's amazing i've actually interviewed her for my podcast so she, her trail was actually she was on the um on the west coast uh she was on the pct the pacific uh, oh right, that's right my best trail mm-hmm. different trail but there, there 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 is a lot of people on the trail um i i do get to meet them my problem is that i was going very very quickly so most people take five and a half six months to do the trail mm-hmm. so within within three weeks i'd been overtaking people who'd been on the trail for some of them for like two months um so i a lot of the men would be would walk let's say too quickly for me i wouldn't be able to keep up with them a lot of the women would walk too slowly or not want to go as far as i did so most people might only do 15 miles a day and I was sometimes having to bash out 25. So I was just constantly leapfrogging. Um, but you do, so I didn't really have the whole experience of like getting a trail family. I think if I was to do it again, I'd probably change how I did it. I wouldn't put the amount of pressure I, I had on myself to do it in that time period. But I did get to meet lots of trail angels. So there were these incredible people out there who would give you rides, provide you with food. They'd have barbecues on the trail. Mm-hmm. And it was human kindness. I mean, it was just honestly just awe-inspiring. Wow, that's amazing. Um, okay, what is your next adventure? I don't know. And I, oh, I know that's such a, I, it's really weird. I have so much of my life, um, life planned out. So last year I knew I was going to do the Appalachian Trail, come back in September. I was going to start my master's, which I did. So I'm currently studying for my master's in women and gender studies. I had my dissertation on August the 31st. And then I've got this blank canvas. I've got this Love open it. future. I love it, but it's also very scary at the same time, just because 
I'm so used to having a plan. I'm so, I'm so used to knowing what the next step is, what's the next step that I have to take. And suddenly it's just this ultimate freedom. You know, where do I go? What do I do? How do I spend my time? You know, where do I end up? And I think that's quite scary for me at the moment, trying to, trying to figure that out. So yeah, no, no plans at the moment apart from writing essays and getting my dissertation sorted. What uh, instead then, um, three awesome things that you might like to do or think, or tell me, like if I'm like, wow, I'd love to do some cool thing. What are three awesome things? What Could you list a few? Oh my God, I could list so many. Yeah. Um, I'd love to row an ocean. I think that would be a phenomenal thing to go and do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PCT, like we mentioned before, I'd love to go do that. And there's actually a third trail in America. So there's three big trails. You've got the Appalachian Trail on the on the east coast and you've got the continental trail divide which runs down the center mm-hmm. and you've got the um pacific crest trail which is sort of on the west coast there's also the pacific uh coast high coastal highway which you, i'd love to cycle down mm-hmm. um there where else is there over in new zealand they've got the tiaroa trail which yes. would be a, a, a phenomenal trail and i've interviewed quite a few women who've actually run the trail as well as hiked it so there's there's just so many exciting adventures out there and I quite like the the longer the longer challenges so um so we recently had the London Marathon over in over in the UK you have people who train for like four months and then it's over in like four and a half hours so I like challenges which you can really sort of get your teeth into and sort of be fully immersed in it it becomes more of a way of life than an actual just going off and doing a a multi-stage ultra across the desert or something Mm. interesting um, all right. What is your advice to women who who want to do something big, but they're a bit terrified and not sure about a um, maybe danger, safety, b time commitment, uh, c mental things that are probably blocking them? Any thoughts or advice? Yeah, I think one of the best pieces or one of the best things that I've ever done is very sort of practical. Is doing the whole what if because this really helped me for the Appalachian Trail. Very simple to do. Get a piece of paper, draw a line down the centre, on the left-hand side, write down every single fear that you have or that you can think think about. Get your friends to throw them out there. So what if you meet bears? What if you run out of money? What if it doesn't work? What if you get injured? What if you lose your stuff? What if you run out of water? What if you twist your ankle? Um, what, will, what will my friends say? What will my, what will my partner say? You know, all these things on the left-hand side. And then when you are at home and you're nice, comfortable comfortable relaxing area just go down the right hand side and write down the solutions so well what if i twist my ankle well okay if i twist my ankle well i could probably get up i'd probably be able to call for help i could get like a spot tracker um what if i run out of money okay can i have an emergency credit card can i do well how much would i need to have backed up in savings before i did it um what if uh what if my friends don't support me oh okay well are they then really my friends you know does it matter if they don't support me will I meet new people doing this adventure so you can then suddenly logically in the comfort of your own home when you're under no pressure plan out and go through all your reasons and I'm not going to say that you're going to be able to cover off every eventuality that happens on your adventure or your challenge or while you're out there but actually that's a way of putting your mind at rest and saying oh okay well I've thought all of this through so when it does happen it's not like this complete like 
oh my god I didn't plan for this I don't know what's happened and I found that hugely useful and I mean, the other thing to say as well is you know everybody is different and so for some people they want they would want to go out and do some massive crazy challenge and quit their job and go travel the world other people it might just be okay do you know what I want to go and join park run or I just want to get a little bit fit and healthier or I want to go and sleep in a tent or something and so you've got to do the first step for you and something that that motivates and inspires and you know is it gives you passion inside because you know that I know there are a lot of people out there especially when I talk for example about um the you know, marathon de Sables, not many people want to go and run six marathons in six days across the Sahara Desert and not many people should but there'll be other individuals out there who might be oh do you know, I really want to go learn how to cook or I really want to you know go and get better at networking I want to read more books or whatever it may be if that's something that that you're passionate about that's where you need to start you've got to it's that thing that clicks inside you that thing that you can't stop thinking about that's what you've got to focus on and equally there's no right or wrong way of doing it there are so many different pathways there's so many different ways that you could reach your ultimate goal um, yes, it'd be useful to follow somebody else who, who's done it a certain way, but that does not mean it's the only way for you to go and do it. So it's all about you getting the momentum and taking that first step, which is just the hardest thing to do is take that first step. But once you've done it, momentum will start to build, things will start to happen and everything will start to fall into place. I love it. And the, um, the, the fitness aspect as well might be a bit um, daunting to some people same advice for just getting started and uh, I mean there was was it is it is artist on that did ran seven marathons and seven somethings and had like zero almost zero training beforehand that's probably not great you know a great plan <laughs> but yeah any thoughts on getting fit before you do stuff like this yeah I think it's it's there's there's two parts to sort of any challenges it's one it's the physical fitness and getting your body you know prepared to do it and then it is also the mental preparation because after a point it's not your body your body can just do phenomenal things it's your brain saying no I'm I'm tired you can't do that you can't keep going so there is like that mental element of training Mm -hmm. but with fitness again everybody's very everyone has different base levels of fitness and some people can go out with very little training and their first training run could be a 10 miler for me, it was like I could run down the street. And you've got to build it up very, very gradually. It also depends on, you know, are you a sociable person? Do you want to run with other people? Or are you quite introverted and think, actually, do you know what? I'm so, I don't want to run with other people. I just want to do, do this for myself. So you might be going out running by yourself. Other people might think, do you know what? I need to join, join a running club. For me, what I found helped was actually... Um, I joined an amazing gym. I also got involved with a personal trainer, partly because I have no um, like no off switch. I'm too extreme when I train. So I'll be going out training five or six times a week. Uh, my rest days will be yoga or swimming. And I basically, I train myself into the ground and I actually need somebody else to push, somebody else basically in charge. They say, oh, you need to push yourself now. Or, no, no, no. You need to rest and you need to recover. And so I work very well with training plans and other people don't, don't need them. So again, it, it's, I mean, it sounds so wishy-washy, but it is very, very individual. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I definitely recommend strength training for women, go and lift weights, getting strong, being able to do a push up, being able to do a pull up. I think that's incredibly empowering being able to run, even, you know, just 5k, go down to your local park run, you know, just having those sort of quite uh, small goals. That's your starting point. And then once you started on that, who knows where you'll end up. I love it. I'm literally writing things down. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, 
remember doing the podcast, not just taking information for myself. So <laughs> that's really great info. Thanks. And let's, uh, the last question is where can people find you online? Just a, one more time again, and we'll have those. Yeah, best place to go is toughgirlchallenges.com. And through there, there's links to the books, the podcast, the blog, all my social media. Um, I'm very active on all social media channels. So toughgirlchallenges.com. Love it. It has been amazing having you on the show, Sarah. Thank you so much for taking the time. Appreciate you. Oh, no, thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad we got to talk. Thanks for tuning in today. If you love Nomad Me, make sure to leave your good review on iTunes. Every week, I select a reviewer to win a lifetime Nomad Fly membership for free. All the show notes can be found at digitalnomad.me. See you tomorrow.